Hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, J.P. Gaylord. got a great show for you today. We'll be touching on whether animals have souls or not, among other theological questions. Today, we are joined by Danny Turner. Hello. A rare guest appearance by Danny. Happy to have you. Hey, happy to be here. We've also got Amy Steed. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? And Justin Kemmer. What's up, Danny? How many days has it been since you cut your hair? Uh, ask a fourth or fifth grade person, student at Redemption Church, they would know. They probably I, would. I feel like I heard like 701. It's been uh, almost exactly two years. Okay. Wow. So do the math. I don't want to do it's the math. It's a lot. We well, really I haven't had a leap year, so 365, 730. It is 701, I believe. Is that off Sunday? I mean, two years would be Sunday. 730. Yeah, two years. But, yeah. Hmm. Also, my anniversary. Oh, so, today? Yeah. No, when uh, that—that's the day that I last cut my hair. Oh, it was you got the your day, haircut. It was the day your... before that. Oh, okay, all right. I see. How short did you get your haircut? It was. I have a picture of it. It was very short. Check look, our look podcast out, listeners. Redemption, Redemption, Redemption website. church website. He yeah, needs to update his that, picture. That People was a few months in, him. but I mean, that's a, that's a good picture. It was a really though. tight fade. Just say it that way. Yeah. Like almost the skin on the sides. It was. All right. That would be accurate. Boom. There it is. Danny oh, is showing us a word. picture. Yeah, that is buzzed on the I don't even sides. know if I yeah. could. It's so long in my back now. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of maintenance, isn't it? Uh, it used to be when Lexi had me on the curly girl method. You listen, the curly girl method, it sounds like a lot of maintenance, but it it's, will really uh, do you well. Why am I saying this on the podcast? Uh, uh, yeah, my wife had me on something okay. <laughs> called, called the curly girl method. <laughs> it didn't work for me. Now I just um, don't shower as much. Well, that's the that's, secret. You know what? No judgment there. Because you're the not secret. supposed to shower very often, honestly. Yep. You're not supposed to shower very often or you're not supposed to wash your I'll, hair I'll take very often. I do shower often. No, okay. but they still uh, say. For the record. They don't, you're not supposed to take a shower every day. It's not good for your skin. Can we clarify yeah. who the they are? Yeah. I'm not, we're not going to get into this Regardless, right now. it's not good for you to wash your hair. This leads us right day. into our next segment, <laughs> health tips with Amy. Maybe. <laughs> Listen, I know what I know and you don't have to agree with that. A lot of people don't and I'm okay with that. So you're living your truth. I'm living my truth. And you, you can't say I stink. So there. Who knows how many days it's been since I showered. That is not a question we are equipped to explore on this podcast. (laughs) It's okay. Like I said, it's great. All right. Well, I'm a little disturbed right now. I think we need to move on. Uh, Move on to the next question because that's not disturbing at all. There was a segue in there somewhere, but I think we have blown through it it about Mm -hmm. health products Mm -hmm. and infomercials that you remember seeing yeah, because uh, Amy mm. was talking about an ab roller yes, yeah. and Oof. how it breaks your back. And then Justin got into some cookware thing. The, the Ingenio fat-free cookware. Mm. That was state of the art, you know, when that came out. So Is that like a George Foreman grill? No. George Foreman grill is pretty classic. Okay. Ron Co. food dehydrator is pretty yes. classic as, okay. as well. Do you remember the tagline? Said it and forget, forget it. it. Yes. <laughs> it's the best. He also had a hair product that he would 
spray his bald spot before every show. So he would, it was like a can of hairspray, Ronco. He'd spray his bald <laughs> spot and it was just like, oh, I'm not bald anymore. No. Here I go. Yay. That's strange. That is a little weird. But I have heard of people that have like the spray to help with spots that may be missing. Yeah. In their hair color. Yeah. But those were my favorites. The okay. Ingenio fat-free cookware. I think they came out with even two versions. Um, yeah. I don't remember those. Uh, I remember all the Nordic track yes. infomercials. Remember the, like, gear, like that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, my parents had a Nordic track and used it to work out. Uh, and then later attested that it does it does not mimic the action of cross-country skiing because when they actually did go cross-country skiing, after having trained on Nordic track for like a year, they were like, yeah, this is using muscles we haven't used in I don't even know how long. And then I think uh, later on they kind of revamped their thing and there was uh, a really smug gentleman who was selling their product. And at the end of the ad, it said, I gave all my fat clothes to my fat friends. Ah, that wasn't, at all. That wasn't Tony Little, was it? Remember I don't him? think so. No, he had, it he was, had long blonde hair. Yes, he was gross. He always kind of told his story where he got, he was in some accident and then he had to revamp his whole life. Just Chuck Norris count too? With with his, what, did he what was Chuck Norris selling? His awesomeness. Yeah. What is what is the Chuck Norris one? I know there is there. You were right. Look it up. Someone's got to look it up. I need to know. He he's still on with his product. Who's he married to? Christy Brinkley. Is he? Listen, That's I feel one. like I feel like everybody else should total gym. Total, total gym. Yep. I there mean, that's how the Chuck Norris... Jim, Danny, can you help me on who Chuck Norris is married to as well? I'm pretty Chuck sure. Norris is married to... Hold on. I feel like there's got to be a joke in here somewhere. Chuck well, Norris I mean, who, do, who doesn't wife. love some classic Walker, Texas Ranger? Uh, yeah. That's but what good. are... I'm totally blanking on all the Chuck Norris. G, uh, Gina? Jenna? Hmm. O'Kelly? Oh, I was way off. You were way off. Not his first wife. Oh. So was he married to... Christy. Popular search Brinkley. is who is Chuck Norris's real wife? <laughs> who, is, who is Chuck Norris? Brings up some interesting yes, I'm follow-up sure. questions. Could have a lot of rabbit trails with that one. Do we as uh, redemption leadership, uh, yeah. do we need a disclaimer for you those, do need a those disclaimer possible related sure. searches? Yeah, I mean... Probably. The previously cited Google searches are not endorsed by Redemption Church or its leadership. <laughs> they have not been checked for inappropriate or offensive content and should be engaged with at the consumer's own risk. That's great. Boom. There it is. That's a good disclaimer. Yeah. We, we worked hard to tailor that to, to <laughs> encompass all situations. It's true. Yep. Oh, Chuck Norris. What, I can't think of any other. He's 82 years old. Stop it. No, no he is Chuck not. Chuck Norris is 82 years old. There's got to be some Botox going on there, don't oh, you think? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Now, granted, if he's, still, if he's still married to, this isn't necessary for our podcast. Yeah. But if he's still married to Gina O'Kelly, mm -hmm. she's 59 years old. Some wow. quick math says that's So strange. if you too get the total total body gym or whatever. <laughs> there you it can is. marry somebody that's 20. Almost a whole generation younger than you. Yeah. That's weird. All right. Should we move on to Bible questions? Oh, boy. How do you, how do you transition? Yeah, we need to get something redeeming out of this. All right. 
Well, the first one on the docket, uh, we just Googled common questions about the Bible. And the first one is, do pets or animals go to heaven? And Danny, I believe you have some wisdom from our <laughs> beloved John Piper. Yeah, Piper on DesiringGod.org had this same question. He's talked about, um, <laughs> it's one of the Pope's comments, I guess, about pets, pets and animals having souls. And um, he emphatically rejects that. And shows a lot of Bible to support that. My opinion? We'd like to hear it. Yeah, I need you'd to like hear my opinion? I do. I do believe that there will be animals in heaven. I don't exactly know why. Will so. they be soulless animals in heaven Man. or sold animals? Mm. Probably soulless animals. I don't okay. believe that animals have souls. So cats. So Ugh, I, hope I try not, not to disagree with John Piper. Uh, the most I can. Sorry, I didn't so mean it to if sound he's so mean. Into it, then I'm into it. Amy, what's your take on this whole thing? Animals in heaven? I do not have a biblical response. I just hope so. I liked my dog, and I miss him, and he was a good dog. Yep. But I think like God created all animals, and I just think that they'll be in heaven as well. Mm. But I don't have like a very profound response to that as just, I really hope so. Little Maverick, uh, I don't know, a little less. I, I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love him just as much. <laughs> he just is a little bit more annoying. Pets will Griffin be accepted was. with a letter of recommendation from their owners. <laughs> if you keep doing X, Y, Z, you're not invited. I'm kidding. Nice. I'm kidding. Justin, weigh in. Uh, no, animals will not be in heaven. It's so They don't have throat. souls. I think your hope would probably be some animals in the new earth. Yeah, there once, you go. Once God redeems everything and it's, and it's a return in, in a way to Eden. I think, yeah. I think that is your, your hope for, for animals. Agreed. So I don't, I don't know that you're going to see Maverick in heaven because yeah, it's going to be about Jesus. Well, I, I, just, I get that it's going to be about Jesus and I'm not here's, denying Here's that. the tug of the table too, is that I think the only animal that you guys want to see in heaven is, is dogs. You've already eliminated the option for I disagree. I'm trying cats. to get rid of our dog. Um, <laughs> in fact, if, you're try if you are interested in a Australian cattle dog, she's awesome and you can have her for free. You'll have to convince my wife. Uh-oh. She would or not listen to this. Well, let's sell it a little bit. The good news is she will not be knocking any vases off tables with her tail. Yeah, there you go. She's great. You have to walk her constantly. <laughs> and she wakes you up at six in the morning to eat. Oh, okay. That's good. So if you're into those things, she's great. Good stuff. That, that's sounds, not like, a very... that sounds like heaven to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That is not a good sell. Sorry there, Danny. All right. Uh, to go back to what you said, Justin, the tug of the table, is that an expression? Listen, I can't control the things that come out of my <laughs> mouth sometimes. It just, I was thinking the, the tug on your hearts yes. is okay. that your dog, which was your best friend, man's best friend, that you would hope to see that beloved animal again. And I'm just... Not to be the Debbie, Debbie Downer here, but... Because um, you don't like dogs. I love dogs. 
but Danny just described why I don't need to <laughs> have a dog. <laughs> they do keep you a little busier and it makes it hard for going on vacations and then you have to find someone to watch yep, them. Yep, keep going. I know, right? I'm not, this is not helping, but I and have to say when- shed. Well, and never they doesn't. eat expensive food. And the vet? Yeah. That's right. Let's not talk sick. about the vet yes. with Danny. Yeah. Tell us about your favorite vet, oh, Danny. No, 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 no. Don't. I, don't, I don't know if we have a disclaimer yeah, ready no. for that yeah, one. So I don't think that's a good... For another. Yeah, no. Come, come see me in person. And mm-hmm. I'd love the to words coming out it. of Danny's mouth have not been filtered by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but dogs do bring a lot of joy in your life or your kids' lives. Like, and even like when my grandma was in a home, she had dementia. They had a service dog that a golden retriever that would just stay there, and they loved this dog. And it, even some of the what do you call it, residents that lived there, if they were cranky or just not having a good day, this dog would come around and their whole demeanor would change. So dogs bring a lot of good things too. They may shed or wake you up at 6 a.m., but they keep they keep some people very happy. Yeah, I'm Again. with you, Amy. I, I'm not entirely sure what the requirements to get into heaven are. I know what they are for humanity, because humanity was given the image of God, created differently than the rest of creation. And as humanity fell through Adam, uh, I think there are some some hoops that need to be jumped through, notably by Jesus, and then us uniting ourselves to him through faith. I just don't know that that's the same requirement for dogs. And yes, we are focusing on dogs because it's a harder sell for me with cats. I'm so sorry if anyone's listening and love cats. I yeah. do like cats. Meow. They're just not my my favorite animal out there. Yes. Oh, can we go with kittens? Kittens are cute. I would be willing to say that kittens can make it into heaven. I don't know about so cats. So we're going to make an argument for not only animals getting into heaven, but now we're going to have this maybe limited atonement on <laughs> on what animal... <laughs> Has, yeah, which ha- is the JP? Get which into is it? To heaven, if you guys want to make it theological, it's going to can... be dogs and and some cats. And what about gerbils? Yeah. What about? Yeah, man. I'd like to see snakes. a lion. No. That seems very anti heaven. Yeah. It does. Spiders. But like, how cool would it be cool to be like hanging out with a lion? Like we just were at the zoo last week on a field trip. Yeah, I mean. And- that would be insane to be standing next to a lion and not wanting it to eat me. But but again, I think that's that would be the hope of a. It's like a new earth situation. Of a new earth. New yeah. earth. There of you a go. new earth situation, and and certainly God created animals, and so I think there's a common grace in that. Right. I don't believe heaven is about common grace. I think heaven is about the specific grace of Jesus towards humanity. Agreed. There you go. Nice, Justin. You always. Such an eloquent, eloquent way of putting things like that. I just. All I'm going to say is we can, because we we do have other questions to get to. We can wrap up that portion of the discussion. But I don't know that there's enough evidence one way or another. I see where you're coming from, Justin. I also see where I'm coming from because I'm me and that's where I'm coming from. You're coming from a dog owner. That is accurate. I am a dog owner. Full disclosure. Little pep. Pepper. Little Pepper, yep, who has started peeing on the carpets when we leave her out of her cage oh, at night. Yeah. Yep, but that's a whole different discussion. Yep, we can 
figure that out next week. <laughs> uh, next, next question we have is what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? And are there dinosaurs in the Bible? Danny's shaking his head. This is an interesting question. It is. That I have nothing to add to. <laughs> well, Justin, the, take this. The last installment of Jurassic Park is is coming out. Yes. And, and so yeah. I guess we'll have to get all our theology from from that. Yes. Chris Pratt, he can yeah. do it all. And what's the, but the original, the OGs are going to be on it. What's that guy's name? Um, yeah. What's his, what is his name? Jeff Goldblum. Yep. No. It's Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah, but I Alan mean, Grant. Yes, Alan Grant yep. and the lady too. Laura Dern. Are the kids in it? Are the two kids? Well, that's how can you do that? You can't have all those people and not like the is it the grandkids? Not sure. She was my favorite. She had a really good scream, you know, and the Jeep underneath. Okay, sorry. Yep. Back to your question. Bringing it back, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? I don't, I don't know can, that the Bible we, specifically addresses dinosaurs. Can we phone a friend? <laughs> you I, phone I have here. Ken Ham on speed dial over here. <laughs> <laughs> you need something. I think the, the argument for the, di- the Bible talking about dinosaurs would be references in the book of Job to Leviathan and Behemoth. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think so. I okay. I haven't read Job lately. Which are, you should, it's a good book. <laughs> And uh, I think it's just uh, references to creatures of old that may or may not be descriptions of dinosaurs. Uh, It would probably also punt back to your cosmology, which is a fancy word for saying uh, the way you believe the earth was created and whether dinosaurs and humans cohabited the earth at the same time. So, but if you are looking for dinosaurs in the Bible, you're best place to start is going to be the book of Job and references to Leviathan and Behemoth. There we go. All right. Uh, that was a quick one. Uh, yeah, that was. We didn't have a lot to add to that. No strong feelings either way. Did, did uh, Dr. Team. John Piper weigh in on that one? <laughs> he doesn't say anything about dinosaurs. Danny's looking it up. Nah. We'll get back to you on it's that fine. one. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, man. I don't know. I haven't had that class in Bible college. Great. So, uh, there you go. The last question is uh, pretty simple. If you were recommend, if somebody came up to you with a question, uh, I'm just starting to read the Bible for myself. How should I go about doing this? How would you guys answer? What advice would you give to somebody looking to either start reading the Bible for themselves for the first time or looking for just maybe a new way to encounter the Bible uh, this year? Justin, you start us off. Well, I think certainly when you're you're trying to develop habit, when you're trying to develop routine, um, certainly setting aside a, a specific time is is going to to help. Uh, that's that's kind of your your starting place to to opening up God's Word. I can say that even from someone who carries the title of a of a pastor, who even in my own Bible reading for I would say the majority of my life has it's been more academic or even now occupational. And, and so it, there's even the battle in my own Bible reading of making it personal and, and it being my, my time with the Lord. And so really developing a, a routine of a specific time is, is where you're going to want to start. And even for much of my life, 
I thought, oh, I, I'm not much of a morning person. You know, it's easier for me to, to read the Bible at the end of the day. Maybe that's when I'll have our, my devotions before I, I go to bed. I think there's a, a strong case, biblically speaking, where it's early in the morning, I, I seek you, where, where there is a, a first things first aspect to reading the Bible that, that would be a healthy pattern in our devotional time with God as well. And so I think there's a, there's a simplicity in setting a time, uh, a really strong case for it to be in the morning uh, before your, your day starts um, in one way or another. And, and I think that can develop some consistency. And as you begin to read, and I think you can really, if you're reading for the first time, take it in small portions. Read a paragraph. You know, the, certainly the Bible's structured right now with verses and chapters. And so maybe it's a chapter a day, but even starting smaller is, is totally fine. And, and you can look to, to read a paragraph and just kind of live with that. And, and ask yourself, really, what does this say about God? What does this say about me? What does this say about Jesus specifically? Uh, or if you're reading throughout the Bible, because we would believe that the whole book, the whole Bible, all of scripture is pointing to Jesus, uh, either pointing to him or pointing back to him or even pointing to his return in the future. And so you really want to, to focus in on, on Jesus and the good news of the gospel. Uh, but then as you read, you could also, your takeaway, um, your gospel takeaway can come from even asking the question, how, how should I respond to this, to this scripture? And really, those are simple questions that you might not even have answers if you're reading the Bible for the first time right away. And so just sit with it, read it, maybe even go back to the scripture and read it multiple times. Even take that paragraph or that chapter and you actually could read that throughout the week five to seven times. Um, just so you're living with that, that specific scripture. And a lot of people point to the gospel of John. If you're reading the, the Bible for the first time as, as a great book to start. And, and I would agree. Um, but those are maybe some of my, my initial takeaways is the routine of setting a specific time. Uh, that time really, I think there can be an emphasis of, of it being in the morning. Um, but then even walking through those, those questions and being able to sit with the word. And I would, I would add this just because it helped me even in my time with the word and still does. If you think of a relationship with maybe an adult child with their, their parents, they, they've moved out of the house and, and maybe there's this aspect where they don't see their parents every day like they did when they were growing up. And I think we can take that, that picture and bring it to our time in the word where sometimes we put so much pressure on performance or being able to check the box off having read the Bible for today that when we miss days, there might be some guilt to it. Um, oh, wait, I was on this plan and, and I got off of it. And so then it's like we almost even have this perception that God might be disappointed in that. But think of a, a, an adult child going back home who doesn't see their parents every day. When you walk in the door to see your loving father or your loving mother, what is their focus? Is their focus on the fact that, oh, it's about time. You haven't seen me in, in 10 days. Or are they just overjoyed that they get to see you that day? and be in your presence and just have day a day and that time with you. 
And I, I believe that to be the right perspective to bring to our time in God's word where, yes, he would love our consistency. Yes, he would love us pressing into him, reading the Bible every day. But it's not a guilt and shame of the days that are missed in God's word, but know that his response to you when you're in his word is just a joy having that time with you. Him having the opportunity to, through his spirit, to speak with his word, through his word, and just him knowing you in those moments, in those times that, that you're in pursuit of him. That's good. It is. See, yeah. how are we supposed to follow after that? I don't know. Can we just close the show? You, you don't need to. Danny does. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Danny, you do. do you, Give do you us your wisdom. Do, yeah. do you have students coming to you asking you these kinds of questions? We do, actually. Yeah, we make a lot of space recently, especially to answer questions like this. We've done two Q&As in like the last six weeks. which has been a ton of fun. Uh, and one of the most common ones we get is like, where do I start in the Bible? Um, how do I read the Bible consistently? Um, which is fun as a pastor because I say that to our students all the time, that you should be doing this. And then it's great to kind of um, help them um, flesh that out in, in their personal lives. Um, so, yeah, uh, I loved what you said, dude. You know, I think picking a time is, is, is crucial um, because the things, the habits that we want to form, you always are being formed by something. Your time is being spent doing something. And so one of the... Um, one of the things that to just take hold of your, your schedule just in general, just in life, is to start telling your time what to do instead of letting it, it, it tell you. And it's especially with um, the Bible, you know, we have a real enemy and not to make it this weird, spooky special effects thing. But, you know, I have, I've said with students for, for years, like coming to me saying, hey, hey Danny, I, I, I don't necessarily um, value this. I don't necessarily make time for this. It feels like week after week, like I spin my wheels, I get excited at church. And then I want to take that excitement into my devotional time and I just fall flat by Tuesday. And I just, um, one, of, one of the things that the Lord's just been pressing on my heart is in a similar tone to what you said, Justin, about going home to, you know, your parents' house or whatever, um, that in reality, there's not a spiritual force that doesn't want you to go to the gym or to do your math homework or whatever. Um, but there is a real enemy that would hate for you to get in the word consistently. And then beyond that would hate for that to stick and may hate for, you know, you to really feel like you're in the presence of God and connecting with him on a regular basis. So, uh, I'd say just, you know, stick with it. Um, as far as what to read, I think is, uh, often that's a question that's asked. It's, you know, it's good to good to flesh that out. Um, don't, don't do this in my opinion. Don't start at Genesis and just try to make your way through the Bible. Um, why? Because, um, it is, it is God's word. It all is inspired. I believe that it is really good to read Genesis and, to die in the wilderness with the Israelites and the whole thing. Um, you're not going to know what the heck's going on um, by like day 35 if you make it there. Um, and, and that can be okay. Um, but man, I just think, you know, there's something to be said about reading Jesus as a New Testament believer, uh, starting in the gospel of John and just wrestling with the questions that the people in that time were wrestling with. Who is this guy? How does he relate to the rest of the biblical storyline? What does it mean for me personally? And, and, and kind of just what do I do with Jesus? And so I think reading the gospel of John um, would be my go-to. A second 
um, pick would be like First Peter or Ephesians, just reading um, what they call the epistles, just to get some good theology and a kind of condensed version of um, what we call the gospel, why it matters, and then kind of what to do from there. So um, Gospel of John, don't start in Genesis. You oh. can. Ephesians is great too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Ephesians. Yeah. Romans, if you're like, I want to do something substantial. Revelation. <laughs> Don't do Revelation. I mean, you, you can. You can do all these. I, I think actually you should start with the gospels or the epistles and, and work your way through it and then tackle something like numbers or whatever, um, Revelation. Um, and I would say, you know, just, just another kind of pro tip. Don't read the Bible by yourself read the Bible in the community that God's placed you in because there's probably a Bible nerd um, who is closer to your circle of influence than you think who would love, love, love to help you understand. And you're like, man, um, is he just going to kind of like flex on me about how much Bible he knows? And honestly, probably not. Um, the, the spirit gives the communities um, that we're in people and resources to be able to um, understand this book. And it is, um, it, if, you're, if you've read the Bible and you feel like I get about half of it and I don't get about the other half of it, I just want you to hear like me too. Um, and that's how it's supposed to be because it was written way long ago to a culture completely different than ours. Um, and so, you know, pray a lot through it, but also connect with people that know more than you and be humble. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that aspect of uh, definitely leaning into the community, reading with other people, yeah. uh, and just allowing that to be a blessing. So, sure. Amy, are are kids asking that kind of question? I would not necessarily say they are asking that question, but I probably would contradict what you say because we started in Genesis in kids, but it wouldn't be because... I'm telling them that's just how our gospel project well, and that's, curriculum. You're going and that's a little different. different. Narrative, yeah, that's right? a little different context where you're you're taking them through through narratives as a and walking with them through that mm-hmm. as opposed to hey, go home, jump jump right in. No, yeah, and, and we and that's out. the thing. Like that's the great part about gospel project is it is a narrative, and so like whenever I send out the weekly emails. I encourage the parents to read with the kids, you know, whatever part of scripture we just talked about on Sunday, which I feel like is really important because you do get so much on Sundays. And then usually through the week, you're like, meh, I'm good. They said it on Sunday. They get it. But um, I think too, like I've always been one that opens up my Bible, but there is a however to this. I have been um, using the Bible app and there's a Bible recap, um, which is a phenomenal resource because it gives like a little, um, like you can read part of whatever scripture you're in. This is a read through the Bible though um, app. And, but it gives like a recap of what you're reading. And it's great because you don't have to, it's a, you can like listen to it in your car or whatever. And I think sometimes when you are reading through those really hard books of the Bible, um, you know, like when you get into, let's see, we just finished numbers, Exodus. No, where were we? I don't remember, but it was like, you just lose interest. You're like, okay, I'm out. I have no idea what you're talking about. But then when you listen to the Bible recap, it makes sense. And you're like, oh, that's so true. Or like another great resource, if you're a person that likes to do a little bit more research is like, is it Bible blueprints? Blue, blue book, blue. I think it's blueprints that you've used with the kids. With the kids. And it just gives like the background that you might 
not know. And mm-hmm. I, that's what I like to do if I take a portion of scripture. I like to journal. And that's one of my things. Um, just how it is applicable. You said this kind of like, how is this related to God, Jesus, myself? How can I use this in my life? I just think it's really important. And I try to focus on something that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know it, I try to look it up. And it's a little bit more time consuming, but I also feel like it's really good in my walk to do that. And I am a morning, not a morning person, but I do my devotions in the morning and I want my kids to see because I think it's important. I remember seeing my parents, like I literally remember seeing my dad every morning reading the Bible and then he would literally get on his knees to pray. And I was like, wow, he is so dedicated. Like, why is he so dedicated? Well, yeah, because he's bringing glory to the, our Lord and Savior. Like I should want that same thing for myself. So that would be my... So I wouldn't say I have a specific thing that you would go to, but there are definitely resources out there to use if you're unfamiliar with certain parts of the Bible. And yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. And it is worth noting that this is probably a question that Christians have been wrestling with for a very, very long time. Uh, and I would maybe even highlight the Reformation when the Bible went from being only in the hands of the priest uh, and only accessible through the interpretation of the clergy and the Catholic church to, you know, you've got the Gutenberg Bible, which is, you know, one of the first mass produced Bibles, uh, in history, uh, to even just the idea that, uh, the reformation said, Hey, we, we, we're all capable of understanding scripture and we should all be getting into this. And then you start having this development of, well, how do we encounter scripture? And you've got anything like, uh, I mean, in seminary, they taught us ways to, to encounter scripture and study scripture and really dig in academically. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that's just going to be uh, the bee's knees. I'm sorry, I don't have a better expression than that. The um, cat's pajamas. What was that? <laughs> the cat's pajamas. The cat's pajamas is what we're saying nowadays. We don't like cats. Sorry. <laughs> We've already established that at this table. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for some people like that academic route, being able to encounter Greek words and really dig into, you know, dunamis means the the dynamite power of God and stuff like that. Uh, that's really going to connect with some people. Uh, for other people, you just need like a fair amount of time and quiet and space for reflection. And so that would kind of maybe be a more Lectio Divina approach, which is you read the passage a few different times and then just sit quietly until part of the passage just kind of starts to strike you or hit you emotionally. And then you dig in and start asking God questions. Well, why this part of the passage? Why is this coming up? Uh, And it kind of becomes this real inner meditation, uh, hopefully guided by the Holy Spirit to unearth, you know, what the Spirit is saying through that passage. And so you've got this whole gamut. uh, And so I think it's important to highlight that, you know, we're, we're talking about what connects with us and maybe some middle of the road uh, techniques or approaches to the Bible, but depending on who you are and what connects with you, you can find just about any kind of way of getting into the Bible regularly. And if one method is not working for you, then definitely go find another one. Uh, I think even here at Redemption, we would be more than happy to work with anybody uh, who's interested in reading the Bible regularly and is struggling to, to find a, a method that connects with them. Doesn't the app have, there's a daily reading on the Redemption app. In our our church app, there's daily reading. 
um, Bible readings that that pop up, so mm-hmm. you could follow that. I think, Amy, what you bring up earlier is just there's there's so many resources. We that's the benefit of living in the world of technology that we that we do is there's there's so many resources that can come alongside and, and just help you in your, your reading and your study. I think of even going on uh, the Bible project. You know, you hear yeah. the gospel project, but also there's the Bible project and the the videos, whether it's a specific word or a theme or a specific book, um, their their videos are are excellent. Um, They're great for families. Like it's a family thing. It's not just an adult thing or just Mm. a kid thing. Like there's sometimes where I'll, we'll do that in kids and you learn so much, but you can listen to it too. You don't have to watch the video, but it is entertaining for the kids if need be. And then for what, you know, I, I would agree JP and, and even some of the thoughts is, is just kind of the pace and depth can vary for every individual. Mm. And so even if you, maybe you, you've been reading the Bible for a long time and you need a different pace. Even one of the things that even for me specifically has fallen flat this year, but I, I, it's still on my, my mind and, and heart was actually to start writing God's word as you're reading. And so I just have found that there's a unique pace to that because you completely slow down to your pace of your writing. Yeah. And so as you're reading it and just copying God's word in, in a journal or a notebook, you're actually having to live with it a little slower, even at times, wait, what is it saying? Because you're writing it down, but it, it forces you to just kind of go back and, and live with it a little more as you're, you're writing it. And that can be a really cool experience, one that um, I've, I've benefited from, but it's just like, the pace doesn't matter. It's it's about being in God's word. Yeah. And honestly, the the depth doesn't matter from this aspect is that the the Bible has unlimited depths. And so the deeper you want to go, like JP has been talking about, you you can go there. But there's such a simplicity too. Because in the end, as Danny mentioned, like this Bible was written a long time ago. And and our study of scripture is to, Hey, what, what did this originally mean to the, the audience that it was being writ to, written to? And then how do we bridge that gap to, to find out what that contemporary significance is? What does it mean for me today? What does it mean for me as I live out my marriage, as I live as a parent, as a friend, going to, to school, in the workplace, in the gym? You know what I mean? It's, the Bible covers that all. And, and really, the, I think the encouragement of our time this morning is just let's get in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are the uh, maybe two things to, to really highlight are when it comes to reading the Bible, I think the most important thing is a commitment to it, whether that's you end up being able to do it every day or it's less frequent. It's kind of that mental, you know, power of the will to say, hey, this is what I want to be about and I'm willing to do what I need to do to work in that direction. And then the second part of it for me is just creating space. Um, There was a theologian from the 19th or 20th century and we likely would not agree with most of his or a fair amount of his theology uh, or even the statement. But one thing he said was the Bible becomes the word of God when God speaks through it. Um, it was Carl Barth who said that, uh, and I don't know, know that I necessarily agree with it, but there is something powerful in that as he says, like, Hey, it's not, it's not just words on a page. Like this is important as God speaks to you through it, but God doesn't just 
speak to you through it immediately. There's there's an investment in that conversation where you really listen and you really create space to try and hear what God is saying through the Bible, whether that's through academic study, whether that's through, you know, kind of a more meditative uh, style or whether it's just through uh, interacting with other people or even a journal about it. And so, yeah, to go back to it, uh, committing to, to study the Bible or read the Bible and say, this is something I want to be about. And then just giving it the time and space for God to really have a chance to speak to you through it uh, are, are key. And, and I would add, just because you're, you're alluding to it, is that I think silence and, and solitude are actually extremely important walking through God's word and reading his word. And so finding that, that time, that space, but really to, to sit in silence and to be able to even pray through God's word, or even once you've read it and finding that, that solitude is, is really important for, for, I think the, this, this habit in our lives. And I guess one other thing I would say, and I know we use a lot of different technologies as well. We're talking about the resources, so don't be limited by technology, but if you're actually walking through, um, you have a physical Bible that you're reading through just on the most basic level. I wouldn't, I would encourage you not to put it away. Maybe have that one spot, that one chair in your room, the living room, wherever you may have it. And oftentimes I think when we're, we're done reading, we can, we can close it and set it aside. But if you have that one spot that can not be disrupted during the week, I would leave it open, leave it, leave it right there. And so it's a, it's a reminder, even as you walk by it throughout the week that it's like, Hey, get, get in the word. Yeah. Agreed. That's good. Any other closing thoughts or comments? I don't think so. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us here on The Post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. And if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email, which is info at redemptionmi.org, or you can send us a message on social media, at RedemptionMI on Facebook and RedemptionChurchMI on Instagram. Until next week, have a good time. Mm-hmm.